It's the Pistons Pod, presented by Uptime Energy Drink. Now here's your host, Matt Derry. And welcome back to another episode of the Pistons Pod right here at Pistons.com. Thank you for listening. A little summertime discussion. We're going to go back in time a little bit today. It will be a lot of fun to talk about the bad boys again in that first title run, which of course ended in a championship for the Pistons, knocking off the Lakers back in 1989. Many of you remember the book, The Franchise, that came out by author Cameron Stouff back in 1990. Well, the book has sort of been rebranded with an audiobook version on Audible with the help of a guy named Matt Martucci, who is the narrator of the audiobook, and he joins us today on the Pistons Pod to talk about this project and the franchise. Matt, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Matt. Great to be with you and uh, and love, the obviously, this subject matter and this book. So looking forward to it. All right, so the bad boys, you know, obviously tons of local books were written and everything else. But, but tell us a little bit about the franchise, the Cameron Stouth book from back in 1990 and sort of how how that project got started. Yeah, I, I think the, the coolest thing about this book, Matt, is that this was one where you had an author who wasn't necessarily a huge sports fan per se, who ended up embedded uh, with the Pistons for basically most of that 88-89 season. So not only do you get the, you know, you get the perspective of, of Zeke and Lambeer and Rick Mahorn and Dumars and Rodman and, and Sally and Aguirre and, and all of those guys, you also get kind of the, the through the looking glass view of what was going on with a lot of other franchises there. Um, if you grew up as a kid, you know, during this era of NBA, to, you know, to to jog it back, you know, the, the oh, yeah. Jordan Bulls, the Jordan Bulls were just starting. Um, Doug Collins was coaching the Bulls. Larry Bird's back was kind of uh, on the downswing, so his career was was sliding a little bit. Uh, Lenny Wilkins and Wayne Embry were building up the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks were starting to take off a, a little bit. If you were talking Eastern Conference, and obviously. Um, you had uh, everybody's favorite nemesis out west with with the Showtime Lakers. So I, I think that that was the coolest thing, you know, getting to to do this book and and getting to learn about this book is that yes, it, it is written from the Pistons and the Bad Boys perspective, um, but it also takes a look at, at a lot of other teams and what was going on, you know, inside of those teams. Um, funny enough. There's even uh, an excerpt where, where a bunch of the, the general managers are sitting around at, at uh, Portsmouth, at the Portsmouth Invitational, you know, watching the next crop of, of NBA draft picks potentially. And <laughs> after seeing Winning Time come out, the, the you know, the documentary on the Showtime Lakers, right. there, there are a couple paragraphs on, on Jerry West knowing that things are kind of starting to unravel, you know, with this team. Um, and and kind of figuring out, you know, what the heck do I do about it? So that that ended up producing even more of a laugh after I after I watched Winning Time. But I I think this is it's it's a great book not only for you know the the Bad Boys Pistons fan, but for just NBA fans in general. Um, and that that was what made it appealing to me. Uh, it, it's one that, that the sports guy Bill Simmons still talks about to this day as, as one of the top 50 sports books ever written. So it's a bit of a long-winded answer, but um, there were there were a lot of reasons that this was appealing, and uh, I think a lot of reasons that people will find this appealing. 
So take me back. You, you, you mentioned something that I think is a great point. We're talking to Matt Martucci, the narrator of the audiobook that debuted back in May uh, called The Franchise, which many of you maybe ha- have written or uh, have read already, but want to go back and listen and, and reminisce about that 89 championship team. But, you know, nationally, it's almost like when people talk about, you're right, Matt, the history of the NBA, and they get to the 80s, and it's, all right, Magic and Bird saved the league, Lakers, Celtics, and then they jump right to the Bulls. And they forget, and obviously in this book, uh, it's talked about the Eastern Conference Finals. The Pistons once again took care of Jordan and the Bulls. Um, you know, in six games, I was uh, misspeaking earlier, the Pistons, of course, swept the Lakers in the finals. It was the six games. The only games they lost that entire playoff run were to the Bulls. Those were two of them. But, uh, that you know, the Pistons, that 80, 89 team and even 90 team kind of get skipped sometimes, Matt. And I know here in Detroit, Pistons fans get furious when that happens. Yeah, absolutely, and it's 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 funny that you mentioned that because uh, one of my friends had had listened to the audio, and the first thing he said was Detroit's run always gets left out, and I think that's absolutely true. Um, and this is you know this is kind of a way to to make sure that we bring it back and that we preserve it. I mean, you know, being around the organization, Matt, you you're fairly familiar with the story, but. You know they're they're coming off of um, a finals that previous year where, you know, if if Isaiah doesn't get hurt, if uh, Mahorn you know doesn't end up getting hurt, you might be talking about a, a different finals. I mean, hell, phantom foul, phantom foul. Yeah, the phantom Lambeer foul. Um, you might be talking about maybe it would have been three years in a row. But I mean, that that's the whole part of it. That's kind of where it all starts. Um, the the beginning chapter, not to not to spoil it for people, but um, that that's where you start. You come in on the Isaiah ankle game uh, in the the eighty seven eighty eight finals, where you know there is that frustration. There is the idea of it, they're almost over the hump. They're going to do this, and it's funny that they all think it, but there's this there's this cluster of, of folks in the front office that they call the brain trust the CEO, Tom Wilson, uh, one of their, their sales guys in John Sazeski, who's actually still up in that area now working at oh, yeah. uh, university, university of Oakland in the athletic department. Um, but it's Wilson and Sazeski and, uh, it's their head of finance, Ron Campbell. And they're, they're more or less all sitting around with the idea uh, that, and they, they put this in quotation marks, they'll break your heart. And what do they end up doing? But they, they end up doing just that um, because of all, all the things that we end up talking about. So that's kind of the crafting of the story, the frustration of the year before, and how motivated the entire front office, led by Jack McCloskey, uh, was to you know to put this thing together and to make sure that they, they ended up getting over the hop. Um, so not only was there a chip on the shoulder of this fan base, the fact that the the run gets left out, but I think there was there was a chip on the shoulder of the front office, like, hey, you know, we need to take care of this. This needs to get done because otherwise our window to do this is going to close and we're going to end up empty-handed. Cameron Stout is the author. You mentioned that he got a lot of access in 88 and 89 to sort of be around uh, the team. Boy, that must have been interesting <laughs> this is this is not your normal group of uh, of guys i mean they are so beloved here they are all fantastic in their own way and uh but man what a what a group of personalities you may never see something like that again 
Yeah, and uh, you, it's it's funny you mentioned that. Um, before I even get into that, I was I was at uh, uh, an event a few years back in North Carolina, the NSMA, the Sportscasters Media Association um, Awards that happen yearly, and CJ McCollum was sitting on a panel. Um, the you know obviously uh, successful guard in the league. CJ was sitting on a panel with Bob Ryan and Mike Lupica you know, who have written for years in New York and Boston. And uh, they were telling him about being embedded with the Celtics and how there was a level of trust that existed between them and the players. And CJ McCollum essentially looked at them and said, you know what, that would never happen today. And the whole room just, just kind of laughed. And I, I think your point is a hundred percent correct. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get that type of access today. And I think that's, that's another reason that it makes this, this book so unique. Um, you get kind of the inside look at the personalities of 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 each of these players, you know, as uh, as Isaiah Tom- of Isaiah Thomas as the guy that, that just essentially got a big fat contract and and had built this massive mansion in Bloomfield Hills, where you know, respected obviously as the leader of this franchise, but there was also there was also a you know, hey, where's where's my money? Uh, type of element, I think, uh, among some of these other guys, they played as a team, but there was definitely the, you know, the the look towards Zeke and some of those other guys. Like, well, this guy's getting paid. You know, when when am I going to see mine? Um, so you, yeah, you had a lot of different personalities. Rick Mahorn, obviously, being uh, one of the the stronger ones. Uh, Bill Ambeer being one of the strongest ones. The the Mahorn dynamic is is probably the one that I enjoy doing most uh, in the narration because I'm a Philadelphia area guy. So I grew up going to Sixers basketball camp, and I can remember Rick on the tail end of his career, you know, coming to our camps to speak. Um, so I know what Rick's personality is like. You know, loud kind of voice, <laughs> to loud, boisterous. He's the greatest. Um, he's the yeah, greatest. He's the, he's the best. He's the best. Um, but sometimes you don't know, like if you haven't met him before, you don't know if he's messing with you or, you know, if he's serious and he has that look in his eye, like I'm going to murder you, you know, um, that's, but that's Rick. And I mean, he did things to reporters and had dialogue with reporters back then that Matt, you simply couldn't have today. He would say things to reporters that you couldn't say today without being plastered all over the front page, you know, of, of the newspaper. So, uh, Rick's personality was a favorite. Lambeer obviously was as well. There's, there's an exchange in the beginning of one of the chapters to start the regular season, that 88, 89 regular season where they're at Chicago stadium and in between national anthem lyrics, Lambeer's essentially get heckled. So it's like, and the Rockets red glare. Hey, Lambeer, you're a dead man. And then, like, the, the anthem continues to go on. And, and then eventually someone says, hey, Lambeer, eat, bleep, and die, more or less. Um, so, I mean, you, you had just, a, I think, a, a level of animosity uh, towards these guys and toward franchises, I think, back then. That was different. Um, I'm an old soul. I'm 38 years old, but I, but I've always felt like I've been a little older than that. And I always say that that was my era of NBA. That was that was when the NBA was the NBA. There are there are guys that play now that I I don't think would have survived the level of physicality, the 
and and some people look at it like you know old man yells at cloud but um you know i i think it was it was just an amazing time to be part of that league um so i went off on kind of a tangent there but no 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 it's awesome but the the, you get it you understand yeah yeah the personalities um were second to none i mean even even the guys that didn't end up making you know the the basically the final run with them i mean everybody always talks about the trade in quotation marks that jack mccloskey essentially had to make to get them over the hump the adrian dantley for mark aguire deal where the detroit media back then looked at it like what are you doing dude like what what the hell are you thinking how could you possibly trade adrian dantley look at the way that this guy's scoring right now and lo and behold it ends up being the the piece to kind of get them over the hump isaiah thomas's childhood friend from chicago mark aguire the guy who they used to ride around at aguire's grandfather's pickup with you know looking for a, a pickup game um, Mark Aguirre ends up being the, the centerpiece, more or less, or the missing piece to that title run. Um, so you even get an inside look at, at the what they would have termed, you know, the selfishness of, of Adrian Dantley's personality back then. Uh, this was a guy that I think ultimately wanted to win, maybe might have gotten a little bit misunderstood, but in the end, you know, they, they had to get rid of him in order to get over the hump. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of that. There are, there, there's a lot of deep dive into personality, even for, you know, the, the Michael Jordans and, and the Larry Birds. This, this book, and I, I tell people all the time, has a little bit of something, I think, for everything, for everybody, if you're an NBA fan. Matt Martucci with us, narrator of the audiobook The Franchise, original author Cameron Stout that came out in 1990. The audiobook just debuted. Uh, back in May, we're going to tell you how you can find it, get it, and uh, even give you some uh, codes and everything else uh, to leave a review on Audible with Matt in one second. Tell me about when they when they actually finally won it, and again, Magic got hurt, and regardless, the Pistons were going to win this thing uh, in 1989, and they end up sweeping the Lakers, but... Um, what you know? What what thoughts do you have about it as you were narrating this and you were talking to Cameron just about finally getting over the hump and and, and winning it all and, and what that meant to the to the team in the city? Yeah, I mean it it had taken so much at that point, and I think it it starts with the architect um, of the dynasty, and I, I think you have to understand the mentality of a Jack McCloskey and a and a Chuck Daly. Um, before you talk about anything else, these were two hard-nosed Western Pennsylvania guys that ended up coming through Philadelphia, each of them uh, with a, a stop at the University of Pennsylvania um, before, you know, uh, long after, you know, getting a shot in the league. Um, but you have to understand where Jack McCloskey came from. I grew up in Northeast Pennsylvania um, not far from an area that's called the coal regions. Jack McCloskey was from the coal regions. He grew up in a, in a coal cracker town called Mahanoy City, Pennsylvania, which um, if you follow college basketball, is actually the same hometown of current VCU head coach, uh, Virginia Commonwealth head coach Mike Rhodes. But to be from Mahanoy City, you have to be tough. Um they, they essentially talk about, in, in the beginning of this book, Jack's mom and mom wrapping his dad's feet to go down to work in the coal mine with wax paper 
more or less. I mean, think about that, Matt. You know, you and I uh, working as sportscasters, and now you you doing kind of a, a hybrid um, with what you're doing in finance. And um, but think about having to go down into a coal mine, yeah, no, wrapped wrapped in wax paper um, as as the way that you earn your living every day. So that was the mentality that Jack McCloskey grew up with, and for the longest time. I think probably felt like they were never going to get over the hump. And even before he executed the trade, even before, you know, he drafted Isaiah, he had to basically defuse the bomb that was going on, the, the feud that was going on between Bob Lanier and Bob McAdoo, where, you know, he had to move on uh, eventually from both of them because the, the franchise wasn't winning on the level that they thought. Um, so he ended up eventually sending Bob McAdoo packing. He eventually parted ways, you know, with Lanier, who you, I'm sure you've, you've had the pleasure. Um, one of the, the genuinely nicest men I've probably ever met. Um, but during that era of basketball, you know, it, it wasn't working for them. So they, they had to go through a lot before they ended up getting over the hump. Um, my initial conversations with Cam it started uh, with a LinkedIn connection. I walked past this book on my bookshelf the one day when I had decided I was going to get into audiobook narration as the, the pandemic kind of took off uh, in, in the wrong way. And I, I walked past it on the shelf and I started to think about it. I was like, you know what? I wonder if there's an audiobook version of this. And I went and I looked on Amazon that day and all it was was old copies of the hardcover and the paperback that were on sale for like 50 and 60 bucks a pop. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to try and look up Cameron South. Nice. So I, we, we connected on LinkedIn. Uh, I sent him a message and said, hey, I'm a sportscaster in Philadelphia. I'm the radio voice of St. Joe's men's basketball. Uh, but I also narrate audiobooks. I read the franchise growing up. I would essentially love to do this for you. You know, can we do it? Um, and like a week later, he and I were on the phone and I kind of took him, walked him through how we were going to, to take care of, you know, production and, and you know, what we were going to do. And, and he was all for it, you know, to his credit. I think he he was excited about, um, you know, the passion and the ambition that, that I had displayed in getting this done. And um, Cam is now somebody I would consider a friend of mine where – you know, I'll call in, I'll call him, you know, once a month or so and, and check in just to see how he's doing. He's still, still in his, he's in his seventies, living out in Portland, um, doing yard work. It feels like every other day, wow. he's putting up a, 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 a new gazebo or, new <laughs> path or, or whatever it is on his property. But, um, he's a guy that likes to stay active. Um, and it, it was amazing that, that he was able to, to get the access that he did, yeah. um, it's it, the interesting part, I think, Matt, is that by the time they got to that Lakers series, and it, it I, I, I kind of found this interesting, was that it almost felt like it was going to be a foregone conclusion that they were going to beat the Lakers, because the Lakers were on their way out at that point, um, in terms of, of hey, what they right. had built, and, and they should have beaten them the year before, and they, they should have beaten them the year before, exactly. Like it was like this is going to happen because it. It's supposed to happen. It's going to happen. Um, but I mean, if you looked at their roster, Kareem was Kareem showed up to training camp that year, however many pounds overweight, and 
you know, outside of Kareem and, and, and magic, you know, you had the, you had the pieces that you had worthy, obviously was still worthy and, and still pretty dominant. Um, but you know, the, the big that they had in, in Kareem, Kareem wasn't the same Kareem anymore. So, um, at that point it just became, we're going to win because we should win. And, you know, lo and behold, that was, that was exactly what they did. And they did it in, in very convincing fashion. And the crazy thing is, was the aftermath of that, because it felt like they got to enjoy it for all of about six seconds yeah. before the whole thing ended up getting blown up. And that's that's another another big piece of this narration uh, where I think it's it's cool to listen to the audio of this because you get the the full scope of the emotion um, of exactly how hard it was when Mahorn ended up ended up in the expansion draft and as much as they tried to do to protect him, they still couldn't do it. Matt Martucci is the narrator of the franchise. Audiobook is out. Author Cameron Stouth. Many of you maybe have read this a long time ago, but we're kind of bringing it back uh, at audible.com. Matt, tell the folks how, how they can find it, and then uh, you, you mentioned me. You know, you want would love for folks to to listen to it again, and certainly leave a review on the Audible site. How would they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you, if you go to audible.com and you can essentially just search the franchise, you can find it on Amazon on the Amazon website. If you you drop down the Audible tab, um, and and same deal, search the franchise by Cameron Stout. So it's it's easy to do. Um, if, if you have an Audible subscription and you end up having credits that you can use, um, it's it's essentially as easy as as basically clicking the book and saying I, I want to use my credit more or less, and then uh, writing a review when when you're done with it. When Audible determines they think you have to listen to to at least a minimum of of a, like a half hour uh, of the book before you could actually leave a review. Um, but you can do that in, in the same place that, that you would eventually purchase the book uh, right there on, on the audible.com site. But you can get it on Audible. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, if you have iTunes, you can find it on iTunes too um, in, in terms of anywhere you, you might order audiobooks on those three platforms. And um, I'll, I'll be happy, Matt. I can provide you with, uh, with a handful of free codes if folks are, are willing to, to listen and write a review. I, I do have some free codes that, that we can give out. Fantastic. Matt, uh, appreciate the time and kind of a look back at a, a great era of Pistons basketball. Uh, the Bad Boys, winning it all. The, uh, the, the book, The Franchise from 88-89. Appreciate uh, you coming on and talking about it. Yeah, I love doing it, Matt. Thank you so much. There he is, Matt Martucci with us, the narrator of the franchise audiobook, which you can get, as he said, at Amazon and Audible.com. The franchise. And we talk about it this week, and we appreciate you listening right here at Pistons.com or the Pistons Pod as uh, we provide you with just a little bit of content this summer and a look back at uh, the bad boys in their first championship as we uh, always love talking about them. We'll talk to you again next week.